This episode of Manage Smarter is brought to you by SalesFuel Sales Manager Training. Based on the Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness, it's a 36-lesson on-demand program to upskill your sales manager so they can execute your vision and drive consistent revenue growth. Watch a free lesson and find out more at salesfuel.com SMT. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. We are so glad that you're here today. I'm Audrey Strong, the Vice President of Communications here at SalesField. And I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesField. And here we are for year four of the Manage Smarter Show. And this year we're on audio and video. That's exciting. Very exciting. And hopefully we do, I don't break the camera lens, you know. Hopefully it doesn't crack into pieces. <laughs> we're so glad hopefully that Hopefully they're looking at you instead of looking at me. So, yes. you know. <laughs> and welcome to our guest, Michelle Ashby. She's the CEO and founder of Ace LLC Ashby Consulting Enterprises out of Denver, Colorado. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Audrey. Thank you. And hi, C. Lee. How are you? It's good to be seen. Yeah. I hope, hope you're well, Michelle. I am. I like your background. That looks so great. I'm yeah, jealous. Yeah, Audrey did that for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. And one's really coming good. for me. I just don't have it yet. Yeah. It looks great. <laughs> thanks. Well, thanks. Well, uh, so we've got a great topic today with Michelle, women and boards. We have a lot of questions for you. I want to tell you a little bit about Michelle, though, everybody. Um, we're so glad that you're here. Focus is on educating, supporting, and teaching women how to attain corporate board positions through her ACE board certification program for women. Uh, Michelle has a diverse background, including 30 years as a gold specialist and analyst, financial expert, independent corporate director, and successful entrepreneur. You have got so, had so many amazing things going on over the years. It's almost mind-blowing. Um, and you were recently awarded, Michelle, one of the top 25 most powerful women in business for Colorado for your work, you've trained more than 1,000 women to get on corporate boards. So congratulations to you on that. Thank you. Actually, my goal is to train 1,000 women, and I'm halfway there. This last year uh, really catapulted this up to the almost where I'm really close to that 500 mark. Wow. Yeah. Well, we wanted to start kind of general. Lee wanted to start with his question. Yeah, Great. Well, it's, you know, a lot of people, for the uninitiated, is that they only know about what boards do based on what they read in the business section of the newspaper, what they see on TV shows on TV. So what exactly does a board member do and what, you know, and, and what does that look like? So speaking as a, an experienced board member, I've been on six corporate boards, so about 20 years collectively um, in the boardroom. And we make the biggest decisions. So we have the power over the budgets. We have the power over the strategy. So in a public company, we're really, our role is to represent, actually, it's about eight different parties. So if we include all the stakeholders, right? It's our customers, it's our um, workforce, it's our management, executive, our shareholders, our investors, you know, all of our stakeholders, the environment that we're doing our business in, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a tough gig because as you're sitting there considering another decision, you're representing all of those entities and remember that it's a group decision you may not dis you may not agree with everyone but in the end it's a group decision it's not yours and we have a lot of sales managers watching on the sales experts channel 
today. And I, I imagine then that if, if you can learn the skills that are required to be an excellent board member, that certainly makes you more promotable in, into company leadership, wouldn't you think? Absolutely. And I look at it with uh, a lens of leadership characteristics. So when I'm looking for candidates for women that I'm going to train, I want women who have leadership skills. And to me, that's the courage to step into these leadership roles and make those tough decisions and be able to represent in those difficult situations. And so it is a different set of skills. And so it's one of those that as a sales manager, you're going to want to be mentored and, you know, moving up into those other leadership roles. And then what's your passion? That's the other thing, because I have passion that backs up the reason why I do things. And I believe that's why I have been successful throughout my career. Yeah. You said that what, only 20% of U.S. boards are women. Do you mean 20% only contain a woman or are all women? All women. So there okay. are still a lot of boards out there that are, have no women on them. And that, that uh, statistic is, uh, yeah, it's like the general for all public companies. For private corporations, we don't have those statistics, just by the way. Why do you think that is? Well, because they don't have to report. So th their, their financials are not public and they don't oh, have to tell okay. us. Well, going yeah. back, why, why only 20% of, of, of women on, oh. on board? Well, we, to be honest with you, we just started this process recently in the last, it, there's a photograph that I show to all my groups, which is from 1975, that shows Catherine Graham as the only female, first female oh, wow. on the board of the Associated Press. And so, um, you know, it's only in the last few decades that women have started to you know, to be invited and appointed to the boardroom. So it's a process, right? So talk about the certification program. I mean, you said there's four different programs and pieces to this. Can you talk a little bit about what a woman who aspires to this might be setting themselves up for? Yeah, so, um, you know, there's what I call, you know, board governance. You have to learn that. Financial acumen. And um, a lot of women go, oh, I don't have finance, so don't pick me. But, you know, 20, only 25% of board appointments are people who are financial experts. So that means 75% of them are not. But regardless, it's really good for you to understand financial statements and know what people are talking about. So we cover financial acumen. The other one is risks and responsibilities. In a public company, of course, you know there's the opportunity where you could be breaking regulations or out of compliance. You have to be aware of that. And then the other pieces for women in particular, how to get on a board. So it's really putting together your own playbook as to what companies you're targeting and then how are you going to go about trying to get on that board. You know, as a sales manager, it actually gives you a bit of a leg up because you're used to having to make numbers every month, every quarter, and you're used to, and you have to have a certain amount of business acumen then to be able to solve problems for people, you know, through, through the sales process. So actually, if you're a sales manager, whoever, you know, embrace that, that actually gives you a leg up because you actually understand and you're, and you're comfortable talking about money. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're hitting on some really good points that are the other characteristics like sales as you are so well-versed, not everyone is a good salesperson. A good salesperson is also excellent at communication mm -hmm. and getting those ideas across. They have to do their homework in order to 
be able to sell the product that they're going to be selling. They do have to understand the finances because that's going to be the question that people ask them and they have to, you know, have that pencil sharpened and understand what those nuances are. And so those are all super strong characteristics that will serve a person well who has those skills. And it's not just communicating then with clients. It's like that. As once you get into management, exactly. being able to communicate internally becomes super important, and mm-hmm. even more so when you, when you're mm-hmm. a board member. I would assume. Exactly. So, and then you know, yeah, being able to communicate. What I say is, it's a peer to peer, and it's an executive yeah. level, and there's a different there's a different language. I call it the executive vernacular. So it's important. That's why you know that mentorship from other leaders is so important because those are the people who can help you teach you. Um, you know, and get you into that executive role with the correct and uh, acceptable, you know what I'm saying, um, kinds of things. Because it's a team, right? And there are specific rules right there, but no, there's not a lot of books written and around, around what rules, those are. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we were talking last night on the phone about our interview with you today. And one of the things that we talked about was the misconceptions by the wider public and maybe even business people and our peers about boards and that it's a patronage appointment and it's my second cousin or the CEO's whatever, you know, twice removed who has no skill set related at all to the company. And then also the idea of boards being just a rubber stamp for golden parachutes and other things. Can you talk a little bit about how you help your um, certification candidates separate those type of scenarios going for an organization where it's really set up not in that way. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So what you're talking about is the whole collegiality of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's an, there's actually a reason that that happens. If I'm starting a new company and I, and I am excited about it and I want to go in a certain direction, I'm going to pick the people I know and people who know me and people who support me. So it usually almost always starts out that way. And then evolves into, okay, now we've grown and we need this other thing. When you go public, you have regulations and you're scrutinized uh, dramatically. So you are being watched and it is a lot of work. I can tell you that before I go to a board meeting, my board book is typically 185 to 300 pages that I need to read before I can get into that. And then we do committee meetings before the board meeting. So a lot of the work is done before you ever get in the boardroom. You know, it might be site visits. I'm, my background's in mining, so we right. would do, you know, we'll go to the mine sites and spend a couple of days with everybody. And then we do committee meetings and then we do, you know, other meetings. And then by the time we get to that agenda at the boardroom, it might be pretty short and sweet, mm-hmm. but there's, a lot behind it. So many hours that have gone into it before we ever get there. Does that answer the question? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. But and Lee, we had to his point yesterday said, yeah, but what do you do if you finally get, I've taken your certification, you've helped me network, I get on a board and it's a hostile board. Mm-hmm. You've you got one like, shareholder or whatever that, yeah. that, that, you know, just is raising hell and, you know, doesn't, doesn't like the CEO or wants it, you know, it's right. the TV drama stuff, right? I mean, how, how realistic, how, how often does that actually happen? Well, of all the boards I've been on and all the years I've been in, I've never had that happen in real life. Okay. Um, I think it's rare. I know it does happen, but it's very rare. And uh, typically, you're not going to see just one rogue person. Um, you'll probably see potentially two or three, right? So if we have a, if we have a disgruntled shareholder, they're going to try and replace two or three 
seats on the board because they know they're not going to make an effect with just one person. They need to have uh, some, you know, they need to have some bench, uh, you know, strength there. Well, that goes to the importance of alliance building, which is like once you're a sales manager, you, you realize then the, the, the importance of building alliances then, uh, you know, with other departments and, and, with, and with key management and everything like that. So, you know, what, how do you advise people on, on how to be better skilled at building alliances? What kind of tips could you offer somebody on that? You know, um, that's a really good question because I recognized just this morning that there was a question that came up. I had a board meeting yesterday and um, we had a new person on the, on the board meeting who was making a presentation. I realized he probably knew a colleague of mine, actually one of the women who went through my certification. I said, how do you know her? And he said, oh, blah, 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 blah. And what I realized is this is the executive vernacular question. When, there's an, when you hear overhear someone saying something that you know someone or something about, that's the kind of the key question is, oh, well, how, how did you, how do you know her? I knew her from blah, blah, blah. And I, that's kind of a subtle key of um, forming that alliance. Because once we see that recognition in each other of that similarity, that, that, that checks a trust box. So what you're talking about is the very basic thing of having to have that, the uh, trust box checked. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we lost Lee, but he'll I come did. back. Okay. That's okay. You I wanted that, him to hear that answer. Because. Oh, well, he'll, he'll, he'll hear it. Okay. We'll keep going, um, and he'll come, he'll come back into the room. Um, you say that the gender diversity on boards improves outcomes. What specific outcomes um, are those, and how does that work? So the, the research has shown over the years, and we're going we're gonna to continue to see this because it is such a new – you know, factor. It's kind of like, you know, when we're dealing with a new, um, you know, a new virus, we're collecting data as we go along and we get to learn more as we go along. So return on investment. So there have been studies that have shown that boards that have up to three, like if you have three women on your board, that your yeah. return on investor is actually the highest. And the last oh, wow. number I saw was like between 17 and 27% better than if you have no women on your board. So that was a Stanford That's study amazing. That, that was done a while ago. And the other parts that are a little bit harder to measure is retention. It's, um, you sure. know, uh, HR issues. Uh, you know, uh, what are the, what are, what's the culture like? So culturally within the company that can be a benefit. So, that, so we're trying to measure those things. I believe, this is what I believe, I believe that the outcomes are better for all the stakeholders. So your executive team, your management team, your employees, your, you know, your shareholders, um, all the way, um, clients, you know, jurisdictions that you're doing business in, I believe that they are, uh, they, they have better interaction with the company when there are women on the board and helping to make those decisions at the very top. That makes sense. Welcome when back, Lee. women then to... Yeah, it's good to be back. That was very weird. We had a little bit of a power outage here. So, wow. Oh, you did? Weird, but okay. we're back. Yeah, it was Glad pretty bizarre. Uh, so uh, when you're coaching women on to, to become board members, are you, are you advising them then to, to be like the men and get in there and mix it up with the men you know, and, and play the same game by the same rules? Or are you advising them to uh, do it differently because they're women? 
So let's neutralize that a little bit because we all function in a patriarchal model and that's just the reality. And whether they know that or not, I do point that out. And so we know that, you know, we know what that pyramid looks like, right? CEO and then the, you know, the C level underneath and the VPs at blah, 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 blah. And that can be male or female. It's regardless. Mm -hmm. What I do say is think like a man. Okay. So, and that's more in regards to their confidence. See, Lee, because the, you know, men, here's the research we know. When a man and a woman who are equally skilled and experienced are offered a, a promotion, the man is much more likely to raise his hand and say, pick me, I'll give it a go, when he has 60% of what he needs to do that job. The woman- Or less. <laughs> oh, or right? less. Oh, see? South. Yeah. yeah. So what is the real statistic? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 20%. Like, okay. no. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. See, that's really good yeah. to know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you're so, offering me the job. I'm going to take the job. Then I'm going to figure out how to do it. Yeah, fake <laughs> it till you make it. Yeah, that's no. right. The woman is more likely to go, wait a second. I don't have the other skills I need. Mm. So, and this is in her brain. She's like, I'm not worthy. I don't have enough, blah, blah, blah. And she stops herself from raising the hand. So Mm. what I tell them to do is kind of what you just said is raise your hand and say, pick me. I can do it better than anybody else. And then you run back and figure out. So what I say to them is now you have a second voice on your shoulder and it's Michelle Ashby. Mm. And she's saying to you, raise your hand and then call me after you get done and we'll get it figured out. Um, And it is a male characteristics. So I do say, think like a man, like if you were a man, what would you say to that? You know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's really helping to build their confidence. What I call executive level confidence, right? Because I think there's different levels. Let's say I'm, I'm interested in, in getting certified and enlisting your company, but I don't know if I want to be on a corporate board or a nonprofit board and a Fortune 500 or a startup? What, how do you help your folks sort out what to expect in any of those scenarios? Right. Perfect question, Audrey. I only train women for paid compensated board positions. Okay. So you would be on the corporate side, which could be startup, private, or public. Nonprofit, I do not train for. And um, so here, let's take a look at statistics. 20% okay. of women sit on you know, what we know, corporate paid boards, right? 80% men. Nonprofit world, probably it's about 80% women and 20% or maybe 10% men. We're doing all the work for free. So let's just switch it and let the guys do the nonprofit work and we'll take the paid jobs. What do you think? I think that sounds perfectly good to me. Let's do it. I can do the job best. That's what I'm in favor of. I hear you. And women can do it just as well as men. So we we can we can match you. We've proven that in our company. Yeah, it's like I mean, most of our leadership is is female in this company, so it's it's not unusual. In terms of though, what to expect in in the actual the work itself, the 300 page binder. Am I more risk? um, Is it more of a high wire act to be on a a Pepsi Co. than a startup, or startups can be sticky wickets too. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm not quite sure what I would expect, but you know, can you get into more trouble mm-hmm. with a bigger company? Um, you know, when things go know, sideways and you're on the board, yeah. you know, what, what, what to expect? Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the basic rules as a director, so your duty of care, your duty of loyalty, yes. those kinds of things are the same no matter okay. what size, and we teach that. So that comes under your board governance. And, um, you know, I mean, you need to be in integrity. And 
I, you know, it's rare that you find people who are not. And, and of course, then stuff happens. The risk sometimes in a big company is you're, you're so far up, you, you have no idea what's going on down below. You know, you don't know what's happening yeah. within the company and somebody could really be, you know, poisoning your product or, you know, it, and it will surface at some point, but you can't know everything, you know, you do the best you can. Um, but let me back up about what it takes. Cause people ask me, how much work is this? Is it full time? Is it part time? So the requirement for a public company is that you have to have a meeting every quarter for, for a year and one um, annual meeting. So five meetings a year, there's committee work and that type of thing. And I tell women your first year, you're probably gonna spend 20 hours a week getting yourself up to speed. If you are a dedicated, you know, you, you're the person who really wants to get in there. And that, that 20 hours goes back to building the relationships that we talked about. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to build relationships with the management team with people in the company, go to the site visits. Um, you know, you've got to invest time, do one-on-one -on -one meetings with every director so that they know you mm -hmm. and you get to know them. Um, you know, uh, really ask your questions at the committee level. You could even do side meetings with the chair of the committees if you um, want to get more background because you've got, it's a, it's a river and it's running and you're jumping into it. So you've got a, you got a lot to catch up with that was up up upstream right so so i you know so there there can be a lot of work but once it, you settle in it really is um a part-time job it's a paid job my mentors who are all men i've been mentored by men my entire career in mining and finance for 30 years um, i watched them climb the corporate ladder get on three or four boards retire out they're making six figures playing golf and um, they've got stock options. They're set. Their family is set. And that's been my path um, in my own career. In fact, I was looking for my board number three and four when I decided to divert and uh, create a program to, trade, to train other women because I realized we didn't have that. We didn't have the training and women didn't understand it. They didn't know like what a board was or how do I get there? But, Where do yeah. I even start? Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. We've got a few minutes left. It's acellc.consulting. I know that your winter sessions are sold out for people who are interested. When are you going to do your spring sessions? I'm launching that in a, probably 1st of February, and that'll start in a, late April. And I also have an online product that I'm running a special on for $59.50. They can register on my website. And um, that's anytime, anywhere. And I offer a free coaching call with that. So um, oh. that's a good way to start because it's a primer. You know, you get the, some real basics and you can figure out pretty quickly, oh, this is for me or maybe this isn't for me, you know. I wrote the book Sales Cred, which I have over my shoulder there. And it, it's all about sales credibility. And, and one of the things I really believe is very helpful in establishing your credibility is to be a member of a board. I mean, because it shows that other companies trust you for your opinion and, and your acumen. Uh, but I also see that it also, having that on your profile, uh, it, it makes people sit up and take notice now. It's like when, when you speak, more people are more apt to listen. I was like, is how much of impact do you see that being a board member actually has on someone's credibility and the, their impact whenever they speak? Well, that's a good question. I, I would say that your credibility comes from 
you know, your expertise. So there are, there would be equal, you know, uh, kind of level, but in the business world, it's, it's quite good because obviously it's a stamp of approval. It's your kind of award, you know, um, in academics, we get to go on stage and get all these honors in business. That's, this is, would be the equivalent of that is what I would say. So um, it does build credibility and uh, people do listen to you. And I think that's the other reason why older seasoned, uh, you know, business people are so well suited because you're dealing with decision-making, you have to have a lot of background and a lot of experiences in a lot of places. And I mean, I'm talking failures, a lot sure. of failures in bringing, bringing yourself back up uh, are, are some of the biggest benefits that you can have when you come to that table and you're trying to solve, uh, solve situations. And I depend on my other directors to bring that, mm-hmm. you know, because we all have different backgrounds. And, and it's one of those things that feeds off itself. You need a very high degree of credibility to even get a board position. And then once you had the board position, now you have more credibility. And so it, it just continues to build and build and snowball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It does actually. And there's no age limit by the way. So you will see like on the Berkshire Hathaway boards um, in some of those companies, those gentlemen are in their eighties. And I say gentlemen, cause they are all They're young compared to Warren age. Buffett, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm a Buffetier. And so I, oh. I, I track that. Well, this is great. I, I can't thank you enough. And uh, it's acellc.consulting. And I know that you said that there's like 400 women who signed up during the pandemic. So take advantage of the fact that you can focus if you're working from your home, uh, it might be a good time. You know, I want to go off. Women. On, I want to go off on a tangent a little bit. You know, in a little bit of time that we have left. Uh, you know, we, we're normally a 20-minute show, and so, and so now we get to be a 30-minute show, which is great. Uh, you have exp- great experience in gold, and yeah. you know, so I wanted to ask you a question about you know when's a good time to buy gold and, and not a good time to buy gold, and then my follow-up question that's going to be. Uh, Cryptocurrency, you know, it, yeah. it, are we seeing more people buying cryptocurrency rather, rather than gold or supplementing gold or do the mm. two not go together at all? Right. Okay. Oh my gosh. You just like tapped into Disclaimer, my- Disclaimer, this my, is not financial advice she's giving people. Like, thank you. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. But the best time to buy gold was in 2000 when it was like $299 yeah, right. an ounce. Right. Not now. Um, it's 1900 something. Um, but there's different ways to participate. So I can tell you what my favorite way is to, to buy gold is to buy 24 karat gold jewelry. <laughs> oh, jewelry. Mm. 24 karat gold jewelry. Yeah. Okay. This is called Monet, M-E-N-E. And you can go online and buy this jewelry and they will buy it back from you at spot less 10%. So it's truly a, an investment in gold and you can wear it. It's amazing. It's, and it's beautifully designed. I was on their board for a year and a half, so I have to say a disclaimer, uh-huh. um, okay. but love the deal. So um, about cryptocurrency, it's a different thing, right? Cryptocurrency doesn't have the, this, this is a hard asset, solid thing. You can carry it around. Mm-hmm. Cryptocurrency is not, although with the, you know, with the blockchain, it is more secure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you, I have, I have not dabbled in that. Um, there are directors that I know who have like just set aside a little bit of money to, you know, kind of play with it. And then there are people who are really adept at it. And I would say the people who are, you know, kind of would by nature be in that category would be more of the risk taker, you know, like gambling, you know, like, like make sure with any of that kind of stuff that it is disposable income and, and, and that stuff that you can live without if you lose all of it. I, I, I 
don't go there because to me it's um it's too it's too speculative mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you had mentioned earlier in the show uh, about mentorship and of course then michelle ashby would be would, would be great as your mentor but it's like what other advice would you give to women particularly younger women then uh, and finding a mentor then who can help them grow and develop and, and be groomed then for management positions leadership positions and eventually board positions right don't depend on a mentor to get you anywhere um, you've got to show up yourself. So I believe that my motivation and the, you know, like who I was, I showed up and I knew that I was competing based on my intellect and my experience. And so I, I knew I was smart. So I used that to, to get smart about whatever it was I was focusing on, like when I was a stockbroker. And then my, my um, work ethic, like being there and being motivated. And, and I think I was identified and I could be, I have been a man or a woman. I would have been identified by mentors who showed up. So I, all my mentors were gentlemen and wonderful people throughout my career. So do your work first. Make sure that you are um, working hard and making making a difference yourself. And then these are people who, what I say is they say good things to you about you, like, great job, Audrey, you did awesome on that. And there's there are also people who will say great things about you in front of other people. So they'll be like, see Lee, Audrey is amazing. She did da 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 da. And then thirdly, I hear it frequently. <laughs> thirdly, <laughs> thirdly, they're the person who will get in the room without you and put your name in the hat when something somebody says, "Do you know somebody who could do this?" And mm-hmm. I had that happen over and over in my career, and um, and that was you know. But I worked really hard to get there, and I you know I stood up. I think you know what you're what you do, Seely, is one of the hardest jobs in the world. Um, I think that being good at sales and I feel like I am cause I'm a good storyteller mm-hmm. and I love sales. So I applaud both of you for this because, um, these are really incredible skills that I don't know. You would know better to say, can they be learned or do you, do, do you just have them or is it a combination? Yeah, it is a combination. Yeah, there definitely is. It's like the way your brain is wired then, uh, and, and your behavioral tendencies, motivational tendencies and, and what you value. Uh, then make it you know, that determines your potential. But then it's like going from high potential to high performance. That requires a lot of work, a lot of skill, uh, you know, and, and a lot of everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel like it's both. You know, before we close out, there's one thing that you know I, I didn't get to ask yet that I'm really curious about. Uh, you advise and mentor a lot of women on on, uh, on getting board positions, obviously. What about minority women? It's like, is it harder for yeah. them? Not now. Um, actually, there's a there has been a, a surge of companies that are looking, in particular, for Black women since uh, George Floyd. Um, almost every board request that I see will have that as an option if you have a minority woman. So my group of graduates for my certification course, these are the women that I'm helping place on boards. I have 81 graduates, about 10% of them are minorities that black, Asian, um, South American, Latin American, you know, et cetera. Um, and actually I have Eastern European, I have quite a, quite a, quite a diversity there. Um, and, uh, you know, but as you said, you know, we're looking for the best of the best. and uh, they they are out there. Trust that's, me. That's terrific news. I'm really happy to that's hear that. That's great news. Yeah. 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 Well, this has been great, Michelle. My, I'm I'm I want to start to cry because my 20 year old self is saying, "Why didn't I know you when I could have?" <laughs> you know, like it was all about just trying to find your way and keep the wolves away from the door. There wasn't this long 
range thinking and plan that you're planting the seeds of with this show today. And I think it's fantastic. Well, so you know me you. now, Audrey. Yeah, it's never it's too, not late. too late. <laughs> we need women in boardrooms. That's my thing. Yeah. We need you. We need you. We need you. She'd be a great one. Good. Yeah. Let's she's, get she's her. Very let's get her going. Leadership. On our leadership team, she's she's a very valued member of of the, of the team here. So thanks. We'll See, talk offline there's your later, champ- Michelle. There's your yeah. champion, uh, right? Always. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michelle. What a pleasure. Good luck with Thank the program, you. and everybody, go to the website, sign up, and uh, thanks again. This was great. Thank you. I'm so um, appreciative to be your guest. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.